three years after one of the lowest grossing but most beloved movies in the MCU, the sequel to Ant-Man didn't end up with the same cult classic vibe. Why is that? It's still pretty funny, it's got a decent overarching plot, all three main villains were well played and at the very least entertaining, but Ant-Man and the Wasp isn't remembered fondly for a couple big reasons. First off, it tried to scale too quickly. The glory of Ant-Man was the small stakes, the 2000s comedy vibe. The point was to introduce the quantum realm and get Scott as physically large as possible. But they did it in a lazy way. They threw big sciencey words at us and didn't fully develop the plot. We don't know what's going on half the time. Second, the big bad was hastily thrown together. Who really is the main bad guy? I love the performances and Ghost is pretty cool to see. But don't we get sick of seeing bad guys created by good guys? I understand the point was that both were racing toward the quantum realm, but we don't know who Ghost is. We don't really know who Bill Foster is. It could have been a really interesting dynamic. An old partner who doesn't really hate Hank and his deeply sick young friend. But it was too quick and then they threw in Sonny Burst, who I love by the way, unnecessarily. Lastly, the entire plot of Janet taking over Scott's mind was so lazy. It's like they spent all their mental energy on Infinity War Endgame, knew this was a MacGuffin film, and let it go to waste. The result was a confusing, convoluted movie that lacked in action and comedy. Not a good combo for a Paul Rudd Marvel movie. Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. We're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp with Maisie Grace. Hello, Jacob. Right. Hello. <laughs> so Ant-Man and the Wasp, you were making a lot of faces as I was going through my intro. Yeah. yeah tell, me, tell me your thoughts on this movie. I agree that you can get pretty lost in the plot. I was glad you said that because I thought I was just kind of stupid because I didn't know what was going on. But apparently not. But I think it was pretty funny. <laughs> I was cracking up at the time. Yeah, it was a funny movie. It was. It wasn't as uh, like comedy focused as the it, it just wasn't nearly as good as the first one in terms of its comedy mixed in with the the drama, which I've talked a lot about in the last couple of weeks. And it wasn't as funny as the first one. Yeah, but it was still pretty funny. Yeah, this is a good solid like watch it with your friends. Me and Kelsey enjoyed watching it. It's an enjoyable movie, but especially when you compare it to Ant Man that came before it, and then. And this was right on the hills of Infinity War, and it like kind of interrupted Endgame. So we're sitting around waiting for Endgame, and we're like, oh, yeah, okay, so there was this one. It's like the I little guess. baby brother. I guess. Yeah. So let's talk about why you love this movie. Give out your first award. Okay, um, let's start with um, I Am Iron Man Award for Best Single Line. All right. Okay. So I had, let's start with, let's start with I am Iron Man Award for best single line. Um, um, One of my favorite lines was when his daughter, Ant-Man's daughter says to him, you you can do anything. You are the world's greatest grandpa. (laughs) I said that too. I wrote actually the fact that I can't really remember a, good line from this movie it's not a very good sign about the quality of this movie um so i said i I guess i'll go with you're the world's greatest grandma that's like the one quote you remember from this movie right yeah it's funny it's cute yeah it's sweet 
It was uh, I love you 3000 vibes. Yeah. Little little inside joke. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute. Uh right. I'm going to go with Yeah, that I I'm glad we agree on that one, but I think that is a sign at the lower quality of this movie that that is the best line of the movie. <laughs> There's yeah. usually like at least one banger of a line in a movie and this just did not I can't even think of a, of an honorable mention. I can't think of a number 2. Oh. Uh sad for the movie. I'm gonna go with another one that kind of uh, bashes this movie. Another award that kind of bashes this movie. All right. The Hawkeye Award for the most unexpectedly inspiring moment. Another one that uh, was really hard for me to pick because there's just not a lot, and that's not a great sign. But I put yeah. uh, the fact that Scott returned to save them from jail after he told them to like, or after they told him to to frig off. That was yeah. mildly inspiring. Right? That was pretty inspired. Yeah, it was a little didn't bit. You ex- didn't expect it. I think that one you definitely expected. Okay, well, I guess you didn't expect it. But... Like, you know that he's coming to save the day. And then, um, this one's kind of dumb, but he had the line, uh, Scott said, my pap pap always said, you need something done, you make a list. <laughs> inspiring, right? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, for that, I have when Janet helped the go- helped ghost like get um her cure stuff yeah uh after ghost tried to kill all of them yeah that's inspiring you can forgive and forget all right let's pick a good one now because both those two were (laughs) showed the 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 lowness of this movie let's let's uh pick one that makes this movie look good what do you have um Oh, uh, first Avenger award for best one-off character. Okay, who you got? I said Ghost. Okay, lay it on me. Um, I mean, she's a really good character. Lots of cool powers. Nice little redemption arc, and she's super cool to watch. Yeah, I thought she was an awesome actress. Like she looked like she was in pain the whole time, and you kind of felt for her, especially towards the end when she's like, "It hurts." It always hurts. That was cool. I think all three of the bad guys, I, I kind of dissed him at the top, but they're well played at the very least. Like uh, Ghost, I, I, I don't actually know her name, but she was really good. I don't know if we'll ever see her again. Lawrence Fishburne as Bill Foster killed it as always. He was like, you could tell that he cared about Hank, but he's also, he, he, it just looks like that old rivalry kind of thing. And mm-hmm. he like, he wants to make sure that they don't die. And Janet right. doesn't die. And then uh, Walt Goggins, underrated character actor. He's always really good in whatever he's in. His role was confusing, though, and I don't think he needed to be in the movie. So yeah. I I'd, I'd probably give it to probably give it to Bill Foster. I liked him. Then I think we'll see him again. Um, but then another one, Brian Husky. You know him from New Girl. He played Nick's agent in New Girl. And here he was the, the teacher. I caught a... Uh, they caught uh, Scott without a hall pass. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There yeah, you go. And then I just want to throw this out there too. I think they did a really good job of casting an older version of Cassie for the new Ant Man. Like the one at Endgame, it didn't really look like her, and it's kind of a bummer she got fired because yeah, she's probably excited to get that role. But the the new one, the new one in the second and the third Ant Man, she looked way more like an older version of this kid, right? She did. I agree. Cool. Glad we agree. Glad we agree. All right. I'm going to go with the 
Uh, let's go with the Ragnarok Award for the character Cinematic Peak. All right. So I'm probably going with the Wasp because she wasn't in a suit in the first one, so it wasn't as cool. And then in the latest one, she was. She, I feel like she was kind of shut out. Like she just didn't have a lot of lines. Yeah. And then this one sounds kind of weird. But this one, she's uh, exciting. She's fun. She's an awesome superhero. But she's so mean to Scott. It, it, she is. I know. And like, why are you so, I don't know. They made him into a superhero. And then he acts like a superhero. And then they're mad at him for that. Yeah, I never understood that part. Yeah, I didn't love that. Uh, and I think she was <laughs> the only main cast member that was acting well like i thought michael douglas was not good in this movie i thought paul rudd wasn't good in this movie really? um it's just rare for both actors but it, it also with scott they like made him into a bumbling idiot like he made like 13 dumb mistakes that just dragged yeah. the movie down and like you can do that a couple times but if your main character is just an idiot which he wasn't in the first one that i don't know i think i think that's that was a big mistake on their part and I, I think this is the only movie in the all the MCU that drops down a ranking or two because the acting is is bad. Like I think I, other than the the three guest stars, I guess the three bad guys, they were really really well acted, but the main cast was just not great. And really, maybe just just Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas, but it, it just I, stale, and it was like it seemed like a commercial almost the way they were talking. I would try to input my opinion, but I'm really bad at noticing when someone's a bad actor or a good actor. So <laughs> it's okay. It's because you're a bad liar. Yeah. Um, I also said hope. I there you think. go. So I um my biggest note was in the other two movies, her hair looked awful. And oh I hated, her I hair looked great in this that. movie. It looked great. But I also think she just like the first movie, she was like, right. And the second movie, like you said, she just kind of was in the background a lot and not really there. In the third movie, she's in the background, yeah. Right, third movie, yeah. And this movie, she had a good role. She was uh, not good haircut. Person, good haircut. Josh yeah. talked about that too in the first one that he hated her haircut in it's the horrible. first one. I, I don't know what's worse, her the haircut in the first movie or the one in the third. They're both so bad. I don't remember the one in the third. It's like a pixie cut, but like a but just really short. Oh. And she like, started like like she's a beautiful actress, but she people just age. She's getting a little too old for the pixie haircut. Yeah, well, she the she's very pretty, but the two haircut the haircut from the first movie and the haircut from the third movie makes her look super ugly. Ugo. Ugo. Do you have any runners up for the Ragnarok Award? I do not. All right, okay. and you are up. All right. Poorly aged CGI. I thought a lot of the CGI was really good, except for when, so there's two times. The first one is when um, Scott is like like first grader size, you know? I just yes. That. that doesn't look right. And then, Yeah, it looked like pasted on. I, I said that's yeah. weird. That's the, the one I put too. It's weird. Like they nailed it when he's tiny and he looked good when he was big too. But yeah. the, as the half shrunken kid, they just couldn't get it right, and I, I don't understand how that how that works. Yeah, it's like, just, it did not look right. Yeah, like I expected him to like like you you'd think he should like look like a child with a man's face. Yeah, he just looked like like you cut him out and like. Yeah, the, he just like looked pasted on there. Yeah, it yeah. was weird. And like honestly, they could have done that practically. Like they probably tried to do it with CGI. It probably would have been easier and better to do it practically. 
Like that's yeah. how they did all the Lord of the Rings movies. Interesting. It's a fun fact I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I also thought when he so they were in the school and he was in the suit that was all messed up and he accidentally went big in the broom closet with Hope. I thought that whole scene, time, yeah. Yeah, it just like was didn't look natural how how when she was smaller than him, it just didn't look natural. But any other time it's it was good. What do you think about that scene in general? Like, do you think because I think I, I talked about this with you, I think, on the uh, Dark World podcast. But the whole like escaping from Asgard scene, I feel like they just added that for time because it wasn't interesting and it wasn't fun. And I feel the same way about this, like getting the uh, the suit from uh, from the school. I feel like it's just like, yeah, we're short a scene. Let's just add this in. Like it, it seems like a fun deleted scene. It doesn't seem like it should have yeah. made final cut. It kind of that kind of goes into another one of my awards. Oh, don't want to steal that. Don't want to steal it. So we'll 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 put a pin in this conversation. All right, put a pin in it. Uh, crossing off CGI. Uh, let's do the Taika Waititi Award for the funniest moment. Uh, Luis was on fire. I I think Luis peaks in this movie too. Maybe. Yeah. Um, he peaks in both movies. He was really good in both. It's hard to pick. Um, but. Every time he's like freaking out, all of his lines were hilarious. Like when he was like, My heart is racing, my hands are shaking really bad, but I think it's unrelated. <laughs> he's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then another one he had, he said, um, <laughs> when Sonny Birch snuck up on him, he said, Who are you? And why do you know so much about car wash protocol? That was good. Uh, and then this was kind of a meta joke, um, but uh, H- Hank said, no one's going to recognize us. And Scott says, because of hats and sunglasses, that's not a disguise. We look like us at a baseball game. <laughs> well, it's like a, it's a big jab at like all the time in the MCU. They go undercover and they're just wearing a baseball cap. And like <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I don't recognize Steve Rogers wearing a baseball cap. And a... Right. That, <laughs> that made it so much funnier since they like did that in other MCU movies too. Yeah, that was good. And then and the I, last thing I said, I just think that Jimmy Woo and Paul Rudd going forward, they need another scene. They need more scenes together because they were really yeah, good. They're funny. I love Jimmy Woo. Um, so I'm, I, have... I was so happy when he came back in WandaVision because I don't think I knew yeah. that was happening because I avoid trailers and spoilers at all costs. I don't even look at like the cast list if I if I am smart enough to avoid it. Well, because that's um, how you spoiled No Way Home. So I spoiled No Way Home by looking <laughs> at the cast list. Um, yeah, but I, I was so hyped when he came back, and then Darcy came back in the one too. That was yeah, and they they had a nice. Well, I'm sure we'll see them again. Probably. Um, I also had Luis at the top in big words or in big letters. He's just he's so funny. Um, I also had like the whole truth serum running joke. Like, I just thought it was funny. Like, they start out and they're like, it's not truth serum. And then at the end, they're like, oh, it is truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. And then uh, <laughs> um, when, I don't know his name, but he's one of, like, the guys who works with Luis and Scott. And he kept talking about Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... When Cassie like was calling and he's like, it's a 911, it's an emergency. And they're like locked up, you know? And yeah. she calls it, so she's looking for her shoes. Well, that shows how good of a guy um Bill Foster is too, because yeah. he, he was doing a, a few shady things to help out ghosts. He wasn't doing anything 
morally really wrong i don't think yeah. and then when his daughter was in trouble he's like yeah answer the phone and then he, he didn't even seem upset i i don't know if he has kids i don't think we went through that i think he i don't know but i mean he's raised ghost since she was a right. child so he understands what it's like you know so I, I thought that was a really heartfelt moment that kind of went um it was meant to be funny so it's fine but it went a little under notice because it was funny too yeah i agree and then my last one um is when they were hope or was talking about how she always hid in the same dresser and then scott says i don't think you get how hide and seek works <laughs> i was cr- cracking up at that one yeah that's funny i hated I all of the i the janet connecting her mind with scott i hated that entire yeah. plot but line was, i thought it was, it was so lazy funny. but that line that 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 joke made it worth it that was good I, I mean, I agree, like, it was, it was a questionable choice, but it was also so funny to see Paul Rudd act like Janet. And the, <laughs> he nailed it, too, honestly. He that was did. his best was acting so in the funny. entire movie, when he wasn't acting as Scott. <laughs> um, and then, but the best part was when he, when they finished, and he's like, how'd I get up here? And he looks up, and he's like, why am I holding your hand? <laughs> that was good. It was so funny. Yeah. Uh, you're up. Okay. Um. We can circle back to, oh, okay. We can circle back to Infinity Saga Award for Most Frustrating MacGuffin. Oh, and... so that one we uh, cut out. But we can put this, we'll do uh, Pick and Knit, and then you'll just do that one for nitpicking. Ooh. Oh, you took out MacGuffin? Yeah. But I finally learned how, what, what it means. <laughs> you can include it for picking knits. There's just not always a good answer, and it was just wasn't worth it. So choose pick and knits instead and then say that for okay. MacGuffin. Okay. Um, okay, so we're going to do pick a knit. You are pick such a, a bad actor. <laughs> I'm going to say this for the audience. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <gasps> to start from right where you said that. But she picked uh, <laughs> most frustrating MacGuffin. And I told her we stopped doing that one. So just do pick a knit. So pick, pick a knit. And then she went, oh, well, let's pick a knit. <laughs> So I understand now why you couldn't tell that Paul Rudd was a bad actor, because neither are you. But Paul Rudd's a great actor. He was acting poor in this movie. I want to stress that. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) So we're doing Pick a Knit. Pick a Knit. But Maisie's leading off with a frustrating MacGuffin. Yes, because you cut it out, even though I just learned what it meant, finally. The first one is his old suit and how they, like, had this whole thing and they had to go into the school and they had to get his suit. Why exactly? Yes. Kind of. It's, it's yeah, a, it, it, it's a not an interesting, MacGuffin. not an interesting scene, not yeah. an important scene. I guess the only point was to show that he didn't destroy the suit, but they could have not had the entire lame scene for that. Yeah. And like, why did they need the suit? There was like a piece of machinery. That's a, that's a struggle with this whole movie. They use the big sciencey words and the pieces of machinery. That happened in the first one too, but it was they they blew by it enough wasn't as frustrating, but it was really frustrating in this one. Yeah. And, okay. <laughs> another meta joke. Uh Paul Rudd straight up said, Do you guys just put quantum in front of everything? I feel like Kevin Feige said that to the screenwriters. <laughs> yeah. Um the next pick in it was um why had they not like like they obviously were probably worried about janet but 
they really up until like at this point so it's like 20 years later or something and they finally like start looking for Janet and they're like we got to do this fast I'm like you've waited 20 years yeah, hey, you can't wait a little bit longer. I don't know. I, I didn't know right. what the rush was either. And that's another thing they blew by that made this movie kind of not awesome. Like, I, I understand that they found out that they could get Janet because Scott went to the quantum realm and right. then later because he connected with her brain. First of all, why did it happen right there at, at that time that he connected with her mind? That was never yeah. explained. Secondly, at that point, what's the rush? Like, obviously, you want to do it as fast as possible to your wife, but it's not a big, it doesn't have to be a stressor, you know? Yeah, and I feel like just the whole conflict in between Ghost and, like, the, all those main characters, like, I feel like if they had just stopped for, like, five seconds and said, like, why do we need to rush? Or, like, like all these little there were little things that could have been avoided. Yeah. They just thought a little more rationally. Yeah, it's just, like, forced conflict that it yeah. didn't seem necessary. And that's all I got for picking it. Okay. Um, I'm actually going <laughs> to, this is funny. I'm going with an, an old deleted category two, the worst exposition scenes. There was a lot of just bad exposition scenes starting off with the, the intro with Hank uh, and then the uh, Jimmy Woo explaining to Cassie why Scott was under house arrest. Just lazy, dumb exposition scenes that I think were trying to be funny, but they, I don't think they landed very well. So that, that was that was frustrating to me. Uh, this is always a movie or a thing in any movie based in San Francisco or New York, two of the hardest cities to find street parking in. They just pull up to any random building. It's like, oh, yeah, there's 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 a spot. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, it's like when you're watching How I Met Your Mother and they park right in front of the bar in downtown Manhattan. Like, yep, that's possible. That's a thing that happens. Let's see another one. So. They have the building, it's shrunken down, but then they drag it around, they throw it. Wouldn't that lab be a mess? <laughs> right? Yeah. If you shrink be. a building and just shake it around, the couch is flying everywhere, things flying through windows. That didn't make any sense. Did they burnt down everything? That was another um, MacGuffin, because BJ and I were talking about MacGuffins, and that was another one that BJ thought is the whole lab. Oh, I think the lab was important enough where it wasn't a MacGuffin because that's where it culminated it into. So I, I, I don't think that that one was necessarily as, as egregious as well, that the was suit. BJ's idea, not mine. So. Well, he's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's probably not even going to listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> uh, another one, they keep calling Ghost he. They refer to, to her as a he until they know who she is until they find that out. But she clearly looks like a girl She's a yeah. suit with boobs. I don't, I don't understand. And she's yeah. like five foot five. I don't know why they would assume it's a dude. Uh, yeah, that was just weird to me. It, you know, like if I saw someone in like a full body suit, I would just call them an it. Yeah, I mean, you'd start off with they um, until you figure out who it is. Uh, but I would assume immediately if I see boobs on a suit, I would say that's probably a girl, right? Probably. I would yeah. assume as well. You can't assume anymore, but. I, I would. call them an it. No. Maybe, maybe it's not even a person. <laughs> maybe it's a robot. Uh, oh, that's true, too. We got vi the only other thing they know that can phase through walls is vision. That's an it vision that we it. refer to as a he, I guess. Um, and then last one, most egregious, Cassie's age. It never makes sense. She yeah. was like five, like just past toddlerhood in the first one. And very close to her dad, despite the fact that he was in jail for three years. How are they going to be that close? 
and then she's like eight or nine here. If that kind of makes sense. And then five years later in Endgame, she's at least fifteen, and now she's like eighteen. The their her ages just don't make sense. Like even if you I, ignore the five year blip for Scott, he wasn't blip, but he was he wasn't aging in those five years. It just doesn't make sense that in twenty fifteen she was like five, and now she's almost an adult. I've, I've yeah. never liked that. It's a good knit. Great knit. Now and it's your turn. I am up. Where to go with the best fight scenes and the cheesiest fight scenes? Wasp's first fight in in costume that was absolutely killer. It showed like all the best parts of fight scenes with shrinking tech. Like she was like avoiding giant knives that were flying at her. She made a salt shaker super big. I thought that was cool. That's from the uh, restaurant, right? Yeah, that's why I think these movies are at their absolute best. When, when it was the same thing in the first one, when he was shrinking and avoiding the bullets, um, in in that final big fight. But then the climax was so disappointing. It was like a forty-five minute climax between the car chase and then the ghost versus uh, Ant Man fight. Uh, that was underwhelming. And then uh, Ant Man turning into Giant Man. That was like he didn't need to do it there, so it just wasn't well placed. It was poorly done. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to make him big and not do anything cool? The only cool thing he did was lift up, uh, uh, what's his name, Sonny Birch, and, and steal the building back. They should have just waited for the huge giant man for Endgame. I think that would have been way cooler. Yeah. Um, and lastly, most egregiously, I've used egregious a lot in this podcast. You have. Uh, Ghost magically being saved by Janet, like, touching her skin. Okay, that's just not a cool way to end a fight. Yeah, that was like that reminded me of like in Tangled when Rapunzel like cries on Flynn Rider and he's healed. Oh yeah, it's like it's oh, like so a- now you have this power when right, we just- most need it. You're gonna let us know you have this power. You gotta at least tell us you have this power twenty minutes earlier. Um, it seemed it seemed very like, I mean, obviously the MCU is relatively unrealistic anyway, but it just is <laughs> like a li- a little bit of a reach. A little bit of a reach, uh, but. In that climax, the, the car chasing, that was really fun when they kept like popping up and they had like the, the lever that made them big. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Although I'm thinking it's odd that Luis saw the lever and pulled it without knowing exactly what it was. Because if I saw a lever in a car, I would think that's an emergency brake. I wouldn't want to pull that in a car chase. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. There's like two fight scenes and uh, one was awesome. One was underwhelming. I had the exact same answer as you. There's really only liked, two. <laughs> There's not a lot to choose from. I really liked the first one and the second one. I just hate super ridiculously long fight scenes. And this one felt a little bit long. I think it's cool if it's a battle scene. Like in Endgame, it was like Lord of the Rings-esque where it was a third of the movie. And it's like, that's cool. That was fine. And you can focus in on different people yeah. fighting different ways. And it's cool. Uh, but here, like it just kept like I I, I remember that the, the final fight scene was bad when I started it. And I just kind of saw where we were to see how much time was left in the movies. I'm like, I don't want to go through all this. Um, and I was like, there's 45 minutes left. I have to watch all of it. Well, it reminded me of like um, Thor The Dark World. I think I said it in the, when we did the, that Ugh. one. Like, it was just so long. A bad climactic fight scene can ruin a movie. It ruined Thor The Dark World and made it skippable. It made this movie a lot worse. It made, I think it took Black Panther down from Pantheon to just right right below the best of the best 
uh, Iron Man 3, it turned from a really good movie to a kind of movie. Um, and yeah, here it just didn't really help. What what do you think of uh, Scott using his magic skills to uh, to uh, distract ghosts during that final fight? That's funny. I thought it was very in character for him. Like when Peter Quill like breaks break dances to save the world. It was, yeah. so, it was very <laughs> in character for normal people who somehow get put into a superhero position. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed that part. <laughs> She-Hulk award for answers to questions that don't need to be asked. All right. Some half-baked finally, theories. I think I finally got some good ones. <laughs> okay. First one. Oh, you're not going to think this is good. Would Janet have been blipped if she was not... Wait. Sorry. Restarting that. Mm-hmm. Could could Janet have been dusted? Why did I say dusted? We'll try this. It's like time. snapped. Yeah. 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 Could Janet have been snapped if she was in the quantum realm? So do people who are in the quantum realm get snapped? I say no. I think it's a different universe. Really? Because in Quantum Mania, nobody talked about the snap. That's Kang true. didn't even mention the snap, right? What do you think? Well, originally I thought yes, but now I think no. <laughs> Okay, well, lay it on me. Tell me why, yes. Well, I thought that it was going to be everyone, but I guess Thanos did say everyone on Earth. No, it's everybody in this universe. Everybody in this universe. So is Quantum Realm a different universe? I think it is. Wait, did he say universe? I thought it was just on planet Earth. In Infinity War? No, it's the whole universe. No. Remember Drax dying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Because half of them are on different planets. Oh my gosh. I could take that part out. No, that was a brain fart. It was kind of funny. Uh, okay, so I guess so she wouldn't have been. <laughs> you just uh, forgot that the MCU spans <laughs> more than just this Earth. Yeah. Where do you think Thanos be- was from? Like Bozeman? My, my other one is what happened to Ghost since she never got her cure? That's so a good one. Thank you. And I didn't, because like they, everyone gets blipped while he's going to get her cure. So what's going to happen to her? Like, does she just go back to phasing and everything? Is she blipped? Who knows? I think like a whole, a whole thing is like, I feel like Ghost should have more after that movie. Yeah, she needs to come back at some point. I want to figure out what's going on. The yeah. third one was, I, I like the third one. There's a lot of flaws with the third one, but it did not answer any questions left by the second one. And there's no Luis. <laughs> that sucks. I know. Right. Frustrating I third sequel. It's hard to have a good th- third sequel. And that was, that was one of them. Those are a couple of good ones. Uh, My Shield Award. So this was 2018. We're about 2024, 2025-ish in the MCU timeline. Um, I, did, I looked up and did some research. Two-thirds of small businesses only last two years. So do you think Scott and Louise's business is still up and running? I'd say yes, because he's Ant-Man, and everyone knows he's Ant-Man. True. You know? So considering <laughs> Scott's wealth, Scott's nicer rich in the new one, I think it may be yes, but I don't, think they were, I don't think they mentioned it in the new movie, and we don't see anything of Louise, okay. so I'm, I'm not totally sure. I think that Scott sold his shares to Louise, and now they never see each other. He's oh, just working too much. Though. Yeah. I think it's still going. Okay. I think it's gone strong. Okay. 
Any other questions? All right. Yeah, that was my only uh, Shield award. Uh, I am up. Let's go with the Eternals award for could this have been a limited series? Um, I initially said 100% yes. It's a nice little tie-in between Infinity War and Endgame. It's got low stakes. It introduces the Quantum Realm in greater detail. Um, but then they would explain it more in Endgame, which they did, because not a lot of people saw this movie. Same way that they'll introduce stuff in the shows, um, but then like re-explain it in a quick exposition scene, like looking at WandaVision versus the new Doctor Strange. Now, the only downfall is we don't see Scott get stuck, which would leave a lot of people really confused in Endgame. So I don't think it's 100%. It would be. Um, I'm not sure. I'd say like 60-40. I said... No, that's what made the first two Ant-Man movies special. Because they weren't limited series? Uh, yeah. Well, that's that before they had limited series, too. I feel like, no, I just feel like they're, like, limited series, you kind of have a lot going on. Yeah. Like, there wasn't really much. I think, I think if they, like, had better explained things and kind of, like, all these little things, like, if you had, like, if they had, like, in the series, like when Janet was in the quantum realm and then when Scott was in the quantum realm, like all these like little things that we didn't see. I feel like that could be a limited series. Yeah, they could have gone more in depth into each, into all of these little things. Because that was the problem yeah. with this movie is that it didn't um, explain stuff enough and just threw at like science words. Uh, and in a limited yeah. series, it could have. So maybe it would have been better in that case. I think the only issue with it is that we wouldn't see Scott get stuck in the quantum realm. But other than that, I think it would be a limited series and be better yeah. as a limited series. Captain Marvel Award for a character that inexplicably didn't help save the world. All right. I said, well, originally I was like, no one, because there's no world, the world isn't in danger. That's what I said too. There's like nobody oh. available that would help, and there's nothing to save. Like we're just worried about Janet. Like who's gonna, I don't know, we're calling the cavalry to save janet so yeah i don't have a good one yeah it was just kind of low stakes low small issues yeah. important important to specific five people but yeah nobody really like they didn't even destroy a whole city or anything like it was pretty minimal in every aspect did you put anybody then no i think shang chi shang chi was not in this movie I know, but he lived in San Francisco. Oh, so you're saying he could have come and helped? Yeah, that's that's, that's oh. what I mean. Oh, huh. interesting. I mean, there'd be no reason for him to, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, there's just nobody. He's just yeah. the closest. Yeah. I'm going to go with missed opportunities. All right. Uh, the just everything about Ghost not coming back, that's kind of a missed opportunity. It's more of a nick. So I think they just kind of was like, yeah, we don't care anymore. But not having Lord Fishburne more in, missed opportunity. He should have been, had way more screen time. He was really, really good. But they just had to, tried to have three storylines here. They should have dropped every single one of Sonny Birch's scenes, even though I liked him a lot. He just, there was, it didn't make sense to have him in that, yeah. that character. It, it, it was just like, again, trying to force conflict. There was already enough conflict. It, yeah, I, I just think it, it added to scene, like it added scenes, but it, none of those scenes added to the movie. I feel, yeah, I feel like they could have taken those out and then put in scenes that actually kind of explained the story better. Yeah. And like, just have it be an hour and a half movie. Is that such a big deal if it's a short movie? Nope. No. 
I think that have been better. Um, my missed opportunity was what you just regarded as a missed opportunity about 20 seconds ago. The fact that Ghost hasn't been in any MCU movies. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I thought it was more of a nit than a missed opportunity. That's why I kind of disregarded it. But I think it still uh, still belongs. All right. So. There you go. Uh, you're up. I think we have two left. Wait, we have what age is the best and what's the other one? Age of Ultron. Two very similar ones. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess we'll do what age is the best and worst. Okay. I don't have great answers for this. Um, what age is the best? I said Michelle Pfeiffer and Paul Rudd's attractiveness. True that. I and think I Pfeiffer is hotter than she was in the 80s. Yeah. And I don't have a what age source. <laughs> I think what ages really well is the just everything about the quantum realm. We thought it was MacGuffin, but then it became unbelievably important for two, like two, two different sagas. And the wages worse is Ghost, once again. Like, they were in the quantum realm to help save her, and then they got dusted. We've never heard from her since. Just yeah. unfinished threads. They don't age well. Uh, there's another one. <laughs> this is funny. Sonny says, uh, when he's talking about the importance of quantum realm, he's like, uh, forget AI, forget yada yada, forget cryptocurrency. If only people had listened to him. Yeah. Julia, if you bought $10 of uh, Bitcoin, in 2009 or 2010 when it first went available last november when it peaked you would be the 28th richest person in the world i was gonna i was gonna finish your quote because yeah you already sent that fun fact (laughs) to the group chat that's a fun fact i've already heard it there you go i'll probably use it sometime that's a nice fun fact last one age of ultron award for this was way cooler after seeing the next five movies uh, kind of coming back to uh, quantum realm, they age as well, but it's also fun looking back at the uh, at the importance of the quantum realm. Like little did we know is that it would play such an important part in the salvation of the whole universe, not just Earth, the whole universe. Yeah. Making fun of you. That just made the ending like a thousand times cooler. And I think this is the peak of post-credit scenes. I don't think there's a better pair of post-credit scenes than this movie. Wait, what was the second one? I love that one almost as much as the first one. Uh, you see the ant drumming in, in oh, yeah. the ant's house, and it yeah. kind of cuts through and goes to the TV going, emergency. And that, I thought that was terrifying. In a great hype up for Endgame. Yeah, I think those both were really good. Yeah. And also pretty important. At least yeah. The first one was important. The second one was just a hype. hype. Yeah. Postgres, but still cool. Uh, and then Hope is making fun of Scott calling Captain America Cap. Scott says his friends call him Cap. And then in Endgame, she calls him Cap. Interesting. Did you catch that? I did not. Okay. Um, I think probably the winner, we see the quantum suit for the first time. Hank wears that oh, quantum, yeah, the, the right. white suit. We have no idea what that dorky suit is about, but it became like iconic for a bunch of different characters. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool looking back because I forgot about that until I watched it this last time. I for for my Age of Ultron award, I also said the Quantum Realm because mm-hmm. it also like like it's just in the the uh, third Ant Man and in Endgame. Can't believe I forgot that name. And like you, 
you see like all these explanations for how it works and everything and you like get to actually see it in the third ant-man and then you look back and you're like oh wow i forgot it was that yeah that's kind of the difference between like aging well and the age of ultron award just two different things but it like looking back after seeing the new ones it's cool to see a uh, new category added since last time you were here. Oh, Who's... you did not tell me that. I want to surprise you. Who stole the movie? Who is this movie's MVP? Ooh. You go. You go first. I think Paul Rudd was off his game. I think Luis. I think he stole the show. He was he just funniest at this as stressed out businessman. I think he's definitely a fan favorite because he's very funny and he also like doesn't really mean to but does help a lot in yeah. the ending but i also think ghost and she kind of okay. stole the show okay do you think the actress or the character honestly both like she's a really good actor like you could like as you said earlier she just like really looked in pain acted in pain blah blah blah, blah. but also yeah. she's like she's like a really cool character most people like you've never really heard of ghost mm-hmm. i haven't heard of ghost and I just think, yeah, I think mm-hmm. she stole the show. I think people complain when there's a gender swap because Ghost was a man in the comics, and really the whole story oh, is a lot oh different. Fun fact! Oh shoot, I'm sorry, uh, but I, I I thought it was better as it was for this type of movie than um, than the comic version. Yeah. But now it's time for boom, boom, boom. useless trivia. <laughs> uh, I'll let you go first. You go first. Well, you stole one of mine that yeah. in the comics, um, Ghost was a man and was also an enemy of Iron Man, mm-hmm. not an Ant-Man kind of thing. Um, another fun fact, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd actually had to learn close-up magic for the movie, and that's all I got. Uh, the alien-looking organisms in the uh, quantum realm, actually in the microscopic realm, on the way to quantum realm, two different things. Um, those are water bears, aka tardigrades. They've been found in the most extreme environments on the earth, including hot springs, glaciers, the top of Himalayas. Uh, they can go they can go dormant without food or water for decades and survive pretty much everything, including toxicity, radiation, temperatures, and days in space. So that makes sense that they would be in the uh, the on the way to the quantum realm. Yeah. That's quite a fun fact. So in the first one, I guess Michael Douglas complained about his his role and what he did. Peyton Reed, who directed it, he he promised Michael Douglas that he wouldn't be quote unquote just a walking exposition machine this time around. And that's kind of honestly what he was again. He <laughs> didn't way too much yeah. exposition. That's his entire role, his exposition scenes. Uh Ghost was part of the Thunderbolts in the comics. So I think it's I She'll probably be in the Thunderbolts movie. Once again, I said this earlier, I am not your guy for future um, movies, future MCU stuff, because I avoid all spoilers. I want to be excited. Uh, So I don't watch trailers. I don't look at cast things, anything. So she might already be announced for Thunderbolts. um, And that would be very exciting. I I hope she's a a main character in that. You can keep your secrets. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, let's look it up. I need to know. Can I say the answer? Uh, it looks like she will be. Dang it, I wanted to say it. Say it, say it, go ahead. It looks like she will be. Terrible actress. 
You're so bad. You'll never be in my movies. Maybe you, I could just be myself. You can. You're terrible at that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big question. Can you skip this movie in your MCU rewatch? Yes or no? Yeah. It's um, it's a fun movie. It's funny to watch, but it really, if you watched all the MCU movies and didn't watch this one, the only piece of information you'd be missing is that Scott got stuck in the quantum realm. That's the problem. There's one thing with this movie that you absolutely need. Oh. The rest is you don't at all. But like you really need the fact he's in the quantum realm. So just skip the movie, watch the post credit scene. There you go. You'll be fine. Uh, you should probably watch it though. I put, I'd say it's like a scale of one to 10. It's like a five. Well, it's like a zero you, most of the movie and then a 10 for 20 seconds of the movie. Yeah. Well, you also can't, if you're going to watch Ant Man 3, you do have to watch this one to know that, like, Janet's to know that Janet's out. Yeah. Yeah. This one's fairly unskippable. This is kind of an unskippable movie. You kind of swaying me. Yeah. Did you say I'm slaying you? Swaying. Oh. <laughs> Now, most important question, though, where does it rank? We've got four levels of Pantheon, Awesome, Dig It, and Skippable. Where do you have it? I have it at Dig It. Okay. Make the argument. I think it was quite a confusing movie at times. Um, Like, if you're confused in the movie, then you, specifically Jacob Clark, are confused in a movie, then it's probably kind of confusing for the plot. (laughs) Um, and I mean it's really funny and it's fun to watch but eh, it's not it's not awesome honestly you understand this movie better if you're paying less attention the more of attention you pay you're like that didn't make any sense what are are they they doing it's a really good movie to have like on the side like it's a fun movie I enjoy it like I like all these movies I enjoyed watching Incredible Hole but it's not a very good movie there's so many flaws it's not really that rewatchable compared to the other MCU movies, way too convoluted, tries to tell too many stories. Just drop every scene, every scene with Sonny Birch, who I loved in this movie, but he didn't make it better. Yeah. Um, and they should, they should have dropped all that quantum speak. Like just make like, the, the just the way they spoke and having all the, the science language and this piece of technology means everything. We need it. It's just hard to follow and easy to zone out. Yeah. So while it's it's pretty funny, has a few good moments, it ranks really low. And there's just not that one moment where it's like, Yes, that was awesome. And that's why I have it where it is. It, it just didn't have that one moment that made you think this was a really cool part of a decent movie. So I have it in skippable. <gasps> you took it down. We haven't had a skippable movie since 2013 with The uh... Dark World. I wasn't sure there would be another skippable movie, but this I, I think this is not on the level of Thor, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Iron Man 3. I think it's way closer you to Iron Guardians Man 2. Ga- we put Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and dig it. I think you put it you put it way higher than oh, me. Did. You love that yeah. movie. I, love, it. I, I yeah. love a good funny movie. Yeah. I I try to be as objective as possible because I, I would have put I, I like I want to put Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness in the Pantheon because I love that movie. That is not a Pantheon movie. Yeah, well, I think, I don't know, because it's definitely not, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 level, but I also feel like it's not as bad as um, Incredible Hulk and Thor 2. Well, yeah, those two are on the bottom shelf of, of Skippable. It's, I'd say it's 
about the same movie as Iron Man 2. It's as good as Iron Man 2. Slightly better. Is that fair? Where's Iron Man 2? Uh, third from the bottom. Dark World and Incredible Hulk. Those two are untouchable. Those two are way at the bottom. They are staying down there. They've got yeah. dust on them. <laughs> so my rankings as of the end of 2018. At number one, I have Infinity War. Two is Avengers. Three is Iron Man. Four is Ragnarok. Five is Guardians of the Galaxy. Six is Winter Soldier. Seven is Civil War. Those seven are my pantheon right now. Uh, I got a smaller bunch in Awesome. We got Black Panther, The First Avenger, Homecoming, and Age of Ultron. In Dig It, Iron Man 3, 3 Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, and Guardians 2, and Thor. And then in Skippable, for the first time in a long time, a new one, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Iron Man 2, Dark World, and the Incredible Hulk. Thank you guys for listening to The Wrong Opinion, MCU Rewatch. We'll be back next week talking about the big one avengers endgame we got bjc as always check out my writing st artifacts s-t-a-r-t-e facts.com as well as scorpio like you.com if you hate my wrong opinions feel free to tweet me you got a new twitter at wrong opinion mcu until then peace out